We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Rotation, rotation, rotation. That's what we're talking about today on the Gaines Podcast. We're discussing the shift that we've seen as of late from growth to value and how the Gaines listener can cash in on the move. I'm Andy Gersher. This is Gaines. Okay, so we're going to get to Jeff Kilberg in just one second. Wanted to bring on Jim Welsh, regular Gaines guest, Uh, We've had a couple discussions recently. Some things have come to fruition. Wanted to bring Jim on real quick. Joining us, Jim Welsh, macro strategist and portfolio manager at Smart Portfolios out of San Diego. His website, as always, macrotides.com. Hey, Jim, glad to have you on today. Always uh, good to be with you, Andy. So just a couple uh, things real quick I wanted to talk to you. Uh, We've had recent discussions. Uh, The first thing, let's just talk Treasury. Um, you, uh, made a recommendation and I just wanted to see where we're at with that. This was the inverse treasury ETF. Give us the ticker, explain what's going on. Okay. Basically if interest rates go up, treasury bonds decline in price and the, uh, ETF, uh, T boy Frank, uh, does it mimics bond prices going down. So it goes up in value as bond prices go down. It's a one-to-one ETF. It has zero leverage. And, you know, what I had mentioned uh, when we last spoke was that if the 10-year got above 153 and the 30-year got above, uh, I believe it was 194, that that would be a breakout. And uh, TBF at that time was trading at about $16.19 when that happened, I think, on December 29th. Um, I think rates are going higher. I think the Fed has to play catch-up, Andy. And what I think that means, if I'm Chair Powell, the risk for the Fed is doing too much uh, down the road. So, therefore, they'd be better off to do more at the front end because it'll have less repercussions, and then they can slow the pace later on. So I think the Fed's going to be raising rates three times, probably in the first half of this year. And I think 10-year Treasury yields are going to go above 2%, and the 30-year is going to go back to at least 25 and I think it could potentially make a run at 3%. Uh, percent. Uh, if that transpires, uh, the high in March of uh, 2021 was $18.49 on TBF, uh, when the 30-year was up around two and a half. So I think there's more upside uh, coming uh, over uh, and, the next and, three to six months. And, Jim, I mean, how how much farther do we see uh, Treasury yields going? 
Well, I, I think the just using some technical analysis, I think the the ten year can see two and a quarter, and the three year could go comfortably over three percent. Um, again, inflation, in my view, you know, was going to be stickier. Uh, and be higher than what the Fed anticipated. It wasn't going to be transitory. The Fed has obviously done an about-face in the last couple of months. Uh, they're way behind the curve. Inflation is going to continue to tick higher in the first couple of months of uh, 2022, Andy, and will come down a little bit in the second quarter. Um, but I'm not sure it's going to come down enough uh, to prevent the Fed from maybe having to raise rates later this year in early uh, 2023. So, Near term, I think if, if Treasury yields continue to press upward over the next month or so, that is going to put uh, compression on P.E. ratios for the stock market and especially the high priced uh, and the stocks with the highest P.E.s. And we saw a taste of that over the last week. I don't think that is done. Yeah. And, and that kind of speaks to what we're going to talk about with Jeff Kilberg, our next guest uh, on the uh, the shift between growth and value. One other thing, real quick before I let you go, Jim, yep. uranium. Hey, show share with the gains listeners your thoughts on uranium, real quick. Yeah. Well, basically, if we're going to have a bunch of electric vehicles, they need to be charged, and you need electricity to do that. And what Europe has painfully found out is that renewables alone cannot uh, meet that need. And the net result is their emissions are actually going up because they're having to rely on coal and, and oil to fill the gap that isn't being filled by uh, renewables. And the cost of natural gas has kind of gone through the roof. It's up four or 500% in Europe. So the point being, in my mind, uh, Andy, and which has triggered this, is we're seeing slowly but surely a gravitational pull toward nuclear power. And last week, the European Commission said that, okay, going forward, we're going to define uh, nuclear power as a clean energy. And what that means is more demand for uranium over time. I think hopefully the U.S. will also uh, move in that direction because I truly believe, and I'm in California, and we have brownouts and blackouts and during the summertime uh, because the demand for power at night, not during the day, at night is so great. Hopefully the U.S. will move in that direction too. So URA is in one of the ETFs for uranium, and I think potentially it could move above $31 a share over the next uh, three to six months. Trading at about 24 bucks a share right now, yep. the Global X Uranium ETF. And again, that ticker is URA. All right, hey, uh, Jim, thanks for the uh, quick visit. Just wanted to, uh, you know, talk to you about a couple of those those issues, yep. uh, outstanding issues. So uh, we'll be sure to have you on again and, and, and continue the uh, conversation. Sounds good. Thank you, Andy. All right. All right. See you, Jim. All right. So let's bring on Jeff Kilberg, Chief Investment Officer at Sanctuary Wealth here in Chicago, also a CNBC contributor. Uh, hey, Jeff, uh, glad to have you on the Gaines podcast. How you how you doing, man? Andy, I'm doing great. Happy New Year, pal. And wow, uh, the New Year is kicking off, but I'm excited to be here with you. And this is fantastic to be on your podcast. Thanks for having me, pal. Yeah, yeah, no problem at all. You know, so as mentioned in the lead we're talking sector rotation. There's been a lot of that as of late. And uh, just wanted to have you set the table and explain to the GAINS listener what's going on here. We have seen a big shift. We've made big gains off a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of stocks, a lot of different companies. But again, we've seen a shift. I, I've just recently 
have have made a shift into some other more conservative names. That has done really well at the start of the year here as I, uh, you know, will dollar cost average into some things as as they get, you know, as, as prices get beat down and I see opportunities. But, yeah, set the table, Jeff. Where are we? Let's talk uh, sector rotation. You bet, Andy. And it's interesting. I think it's fascinating, actually. Here we are in 2022. You're seeing a lot of sector rotation. And it kind of goes back. Let's Before we talk about the sector rotation, let's talk about the consistent tug-of-war between growth and value. Growth and value, you've seen growth absolutely kick the tail of value the last couple of years. But all of a sudden, as we're seeing interest rates potentially move higher, as we're seeing Fed Chairman Powell and the Federal Reserve consider tightening policy, either with interest rate hikes in 2022 or by reduction of their balance sheet, there's going to be some form of tightening or synthetic tightening, which really is going to put value into play. But when we talk about sector rotation, this is where it's critical. And we're seeing a lot of hedge funds, a lot of institutional investors really be selective in their sector rotation. And that's how you produce alpha, Andy. You can have exposure to sectors revealing strength, but also stay away from sectors revealing weakness. So let's rewind just a quick history lesson here. In 2020, what was the worst sector of the year? It was energy. All of a sudden, you fast forward to 2021, energy came back with a roar. And here we are in 2022, we're seeing energy financials come out of the gate quite strong. But that kind of leads to the conversation to the last three years, we saw a lot of concentration and a lot of the tech sector dominate the marketplace. But now as we're seeing the sector rotation, I really do believe in this value, this industrial tilt. I'm not abandoning Technology. I'm not walking away from technology, right. but we are more particular in some of the subsectors of technology. We can get into that a little bit deeper, but I think 2022, the sector rotation, if you can have the proper exposure to the proper sectors, as we do see, I'm not a believer that the 10-year note interest rate yields are going to go above 2%. So I still believe that we're going to see volatility around the conversation of interest rates, but I think the sector rotation, having that exposure, that's where I get excited. That's where we produce alpha. That's why I manage a sector rotation model portfolio. You know, Gaines listeners, we got in at the beginning of the year and played the inverse on the Treasury yield. Uh, thanks to Jim Welsh on that one. Um, that's done really well. And some of our discussions, uh, as as you, as Gaines listeners have noticed the last couple episodes, a lot less crypto talk, a lot less high-flying tech stuff. You've done well in that. We all have. And I, I imagine you, like others, have been lightening the load. What When when you, you know, have had years of such growth in, in, in technology and some of those beta stocks, uh, some of those sexy names— and we see this shift. Um, what what areas are you moving to? Where where have you been, and where are you moving to? No, it's a great question, and yeah, you're absolutely right. And if you really break it down, if you look at the S and P 500, the S and P 500, which is a market cap weighted index, what does that mean, Jeff? Well, it means that those bigger companies like Apple, just this year in 2022, Apple surpassed three trillion with a capital T, Andy, three trillion in market capitalization. So of course, that's going to have a higher weighting. It's going to make up more. So those big fang stocks that we all know and love. Facebook, Apple, Amazon. I'm going to swap out Netflix and put in Microsoft, and then let's put in Google at the end to spell it correctly. But those at one point during 2021 were nearly 25% of the S&P 500. So that tech-oriented, those, those you know, darlings of tech really had such a prominent run 
and such a fantastic run, but now you are seeing profit taking, you are seeing a little bit of repositioning, but I think you have to be considerate. We still own those names. I manage a portfolio called the Essential 40. We still believe Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and Google are all essential names. We actually own those in an equal way to matter, not in a market cap way to matter. So when you see the recent tech wreck, you don't get as bloody as, as I should say when you see that move down. But when you talk about sectors, I think it gets exciting. And we saw software. Software absolutely got crushed. When you saw software get crushed in 2021, there's opportunity. Can it be catching a falling knife? Absolutely. But when you think about some of the names in there, Salesforce, Adobe, Oracle, ServiceNow, Palo Alto Networks, Workday, you can get broad swath exposure to a lot of those software names in IGV, Indigo, Gary, Victor. IGV is a broad swath ETF to that exposure. So when you think about where you want to be exposed, that was the worst performing subsector of tech. When you think about what other sectors do we want? I think we get excited about you know the networking, the multimedia network. You can talk about some of those names all day long, right? We know Juniper Networks, uh, we know Cisco. We think about NetScout. Some of these names are kind of off the radar. And then lastly, I don't want to forget about some main staple names. When we think about Oracle, when we think about a name like IBM, IBM, believe it or not, we actually just put the essential for, put IBM into the essential 40. You're going to give me a hard time here. I know IBM. It sounds like it's sound asleep. How is it essential? Well, believe it or not, Andy, IBM. Hey, they say, hey, by is, the way, Jeff, they said the same thing about Microsoft for years. That's right. That's right. That's right. But IBM is now the third largest cloud player. So there's value. There's tech. And there's a little bit of a va- you know a scoop involved in IBM, so we're five percent dividend on top of that too. I mean, you're getting not only are you you have potential growth there. You're speaking to IBM and some of the strength there. That stock throws off a five percent yield on top of it. That's right. And you know what makes me have a little more conviction is I heard UBS came out that is one of their worst picks of the Dow. So, uh, so I'm like buying it like it's my job. I'm buying it. That's I'm buying right. IBM like it's my job if they're saying that, huh? <laughs> That's right. That's right. But when you talk about technology, I think you also have to understand, you know, this is a sector, of course, has interest rate sensitivity. But I am in the camp that we're not going to see the 10-year note spend a lot of time over 1.8%, let alone 2%. Therefore, I think you're going to see the tech sector heal. I think it is oversold. But we also talk about things that are oversold. That was going back to what I was talking about earlier in 2020. We saw energy absolutely get thrown away. And now energy it's come back to 2021. 2022, it started off to a great start. We've seen ExxonMobil, you know, up in double digits to start out the year. So Another huge dividend play as well. Yeah. Another huge dividend play in ExxonMobil. Now, just speaking of oil real quick, because that's one of the areas that I, I've moved into. I've adjusted. I've, I was in the names that you were talking about, too. Um, what do you, when you look at energy, are you looking at the ExxonMobil's and like you said, they got a nice, uh, a big cash dividend and whatnot. Um, are you also looking at pipelines? I've moved into EPD, Enterprise Product Partners, got a huge dividend. Uh, I see uh, some value in NS, New Star Energy. Um, you must be looking at my notes, Andy. Uh, I mean, EPD is an essential 40 name. And, you know, you talk about enterprise, you know, that's a 7.5%, almost 8% dividend yield. Uh, and when you talk about that MLP that transports all the natural gas, liquid natural gas, crude oil, all types of refined products and petrochemicals, like that's 
that's something that's behind the red velvet curtain that we use as Americans. That's essential to our U.S. economy. So I absolutely love the, the name EPD, and I think that's something that is going to continue to grow. But when you talk about performance on a specific name like that, people don't get excited about that, right? But in 2021, it was up over 21%. It did get beaten up in 2020. But I think EPD and any type of energy-related exposure where we're going to see demand come back online, right? We're, I don't know what – Variant we're currently in right now. I get a little bit uh, confused on how many variants of COVID. We're uh, you know, I think in. is it we are we in the Megatron Megatron variant with the Prime vaccine? Be. Would that be the we Megatron be. variant with the Prime vaccine? It, <laughs> Who knows absolutely. nowadays? It's hard to keep track. You really, I need an abacus. But nonetheless, you're going to see the demand energy come back, not just domestically but globally. And that's where I get excited about some of the blue chip names, like we mentioned, Exxon Mobil, even a Chevron. But EPD is something that you don't think about a whole lot, and it makes a lot of sense when you're looking to try and get really fine-tuned exposure to our U.S. economy. Uh, yeah, I like the dividend there. Another one that I have kind of in the space, um, more on the, the, the shipping side, Frontline Limited, ticker FRO. I uh, had a nice day, too. Um, do you th- do you like the pipelines and the dividends that they throw off? Some of these uh, transportation, you know, we just talked about, um, you know, one in the space there. Uh, you know, as far as, or, or do, you know, even like a PBA, a, 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 a Pembina pipeline, which would throw off like a 7 8% dividend. I mean, some of these oil companies, you're seeing growth. And they're paying you a healthy dividend. Your thoughts on that? You're right. You're right. And I think it's, it's really important to understand what is your risk appetite? You know, re- what really is your risk appetite? You know, you say you're moderate, you say you're aggressive, but how, how did you actually react to your portfolio holdings in March of 2020 when we really saw, you know, the biggest, you know, shortest drop ever in the S&P 500 from February 19th to March 23rd? But my question on a front line, I think front line's a name to own, but you have to understand there's a volatility in a, a market cap with one and a half billion versus a Chevron, right? Oh you know, when you yeah, talk about, for sure. I, I, I understand it, it, it's that. Apples and it's apples and like um, you know, not even bananas. It's apples and donuts. So, and that's so it's part, a big difference. And, and Jeff, that's kind of part of the gains, listeners. Though uh, you know, we do speak to the newbies. We speak to the conservative. And then straight up degenerates like myself. You know how I've been with crypto. I mean, I was talking Tron with you, th- you know, two and a half years or or, or un- just under two years ago. So you know, kind of the where where we're at. So the well, mindset is, yeah. So we do reach for 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 yield often, and like but frontline you have to realize, is. A, I mean, you're you're talking to an absolute volatility addict, right? I right. started my career in the 30-year bond futures pit. Uh, you know, spent a lot of time in the 10-year note futures pit, the bond option pits, and then after fortunately buying a seat at the Chicago Board of Trade, which is now the Mercantile Exchange, I had the ability to trade anything. So one summer we were trading cotton futures because it was volatile. So we've, I've always been a love it. Oh, this is you're perfect for the show. Cap, <laughs> that's right. But these small cap and micro cap names, if you truly understand their business. There's an opportunity. There's risk, no doubt about it, but there's an opportunity to produce alpha. But broad swath exposure to some of the microcaps, you really have to have a broad understanding. If you don't, it's okay to go to that bigger blue chip name. So when you talk about energy, if you're not really doing the research and not truly comfortable with that beta, that's okay to own the Chevron or the, the ExxonMobil. You're not going to get the, the kicker, like, like a front line, if it does perform to the way you plan it to. But the same notion, you're not going to see that uh, obliteration. And that's why it's important when we talk about weight and exposure and, and how you actually you know look at the wheel of your investment portfolio. How many different spokes do you have in that wheel? Well, one or two spokes, this is going to be high beta, but it's going to be blended because I do own some blue chip boring names. You know, if it's if it's a Lockheed Martin or a Boeing that's kind of coming back 
Impact Life, I think of those as more uh, blue-chip, boring names. I like the offset. I like the ability for different uh, exposures to do differently in different volatile regimes. And, and as far as, you know, we were talking conservative, too. I mean, are you going as far down the line as, and this is one of my moves just recently, too, full disclosure, MO, Altria, like the dividend, like the safety right now, place the park cash while I'm getting money ready to make a move on something else. Are, are, what kind of stocks along those lines? Are you making any moves like that? Yeah, well, we are. And I actually call that my dividend focus portfolio. So, you know, I look for safety, but I want to be paid for my safety. If I'm looking to have some dry powder, I want to park it for a little bit. I also want to understand what is my yield, what is my return. So when you talk about you know some of these names like a Truist, uh, when you talk about a Chubb or even a Coca-Cola, Johnson Johnson we've shied away a little bit from, but look at a Rockwell Automotion, uh, Republic Service, Union Pacific. You know all these names, and that's where I get a little, a little more comfortable because you can have that exposure. You can feel comfortable. They're not going to run away from you up or down, and you're going to get that dividend while you kind of reconsider what type of sector rotation or how to become more tactical moving forward. And in some of those cases with those stocks, some of them have decent dividend growth. I found myself a couple times ending up keeping money in there because I'm like, wow, I'm holding on to this. And we're seeing a growing dividend and then also growing stock price. And sometimes these these so-called sleepers, you forget about them in, the, in, in these, these markets that we've just had over the last couple of years. They haven't been the high flyers. But now with good value and dividend, and I mean, sometimes they can be really – a play where you can get some serious gains. All right, so I know I know you got to cut out. We're going to bring Jeff on uh, again really soon. Uh, give us a couple other areas that we can look for for gains as we're experiencing this shift. Give us a couple names and tickers, uh, Jeff. I'm going to give you automotives. I really think it's interesting. Uh, I'll be in the market for a car as my 15-year-old. Can't believe he's getting his license to be 16. But the pent-up demand for used cars and new cars, uh, we've owned General Motor. That was a very sleepy, boring stock. Uh, Ford's also had a rip-roaring year. up over 130% in 2021. But we also you know, talk about the EV undercurrent. And I'm not going to go right into Tesla. We all know what Tesla is. Uh, but I look at Rivian, R-I-V-N. I do like that exposure. I know it's been wildly volatile, but here it's you know, kind of dipped back into the 80s and think it makes sense. But look at automotives. I think they're going to have another great year. Do you include Lucid in that list? I do. Okay. And, you know, Lucid is still still kind of a, a younger company, uh, but it's a market cap of $75 billion, right? Lucid is not a small company by any means. So I think it makes a ton of sense. EV exposure, have some diversification in your electric vehicle exposure. And, yeah, I like Lucid, LCID. And then uh, just as we fi- do the final wrap-up here, real quick, where are you at with cryptos? And, and I mean, are you buying, selling, holding? Where are you at with crypto? I've been holding my Bitcoin. I've been holding my Bitcoin. I've been adding to Ether a little bit. Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I do have optimism about an actual ETF this year. I think that brings it out to the fact, as you know, Andy, there's 43 millionaires in the United States uh, of America, and you know how many finite Bitcoins are out there. So there's not enough. uh, There's not one Bitcoin even for every millionaire out there. So I think that ETF that comes out this year that will drive the price back above 50, 60, 70 thousand. So I want to be a holder, but be selective, and you can add to some other uh, areas here inside of crypto because I think it's just a space that's going to continue to explode higher. I've unloaded uh, most of my crypto right now, though I do believe in uh, 
Ethereum. Well, you're like I'm, a ninja, I'm, Andy. Yeah. I mean, you 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 have the the horseshoe, uh, you know, uh, coming off of your, uh, your your head. It's, but, it's unbelievable. Well, but it's, I, I it, love that next crypto trade you make. You gotta let me know. Yeah, I'm, well, the only thing I'm doing right now of lighting the load. I'm with you. Dollar cost into Ethereum long term is the play right now. Uh, without a doubt. Okay, I know you got to go. Jeff Kilberg, Chief Investment Officer at Sanctuary Wealth here in Chicago. His website, sanctuarywealth.com. Jeff is also a CNBC contributor. Real quick, as I uh, wrap up here, any plugs, anything that you want, you know, your your website is sanctuarywealth.com. Any plugs for the Gaines listener? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Sanctuary Wealth, I'm excited to be, you know, inside of, we're a $21 billion firm. We are a partnered independent, so we work with a lot of different advisors who are looking for independents to own their own firm. So these are former wirehouse folks or, or other independents who are looking for our very attractive technology solutions. So I get excited supporting them, and I get such a diverse uh, opinion. I, I work with advisors out in Walnut Creek. I work with folks in Texas up to New York. So I get these all these different opinions. It really gives me a great pulse on the economy and what we're seeing. And right now, it's interesting to see how confident with all the cash on the sideline, people believe that the Fed is not going to screw up. So I love relying upon my 60 different advisory teams inside Sanctuary Wealth to help me get a better global macro understanding of markets. All right. Well, hey, Thanks for joining us on the Gains Podcast, and we'll have you on again real soon, Jeff. Thanks for having me, pal. Talk soon. Bye-bye. All right, see ya. Thanks for uh, joining us on the Gains Podcast. As always, be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If that's an option for you, you'd totally be doing us a solid. And then as always, subscribe, turn on those notifications so you know when a new episode drops. We are back on Thursday, and I will see you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast powered by Odyssey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 